Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Miss Ashley. Today we're going to learn about Mary and Martha, but we're going to learn it in the form of a poem. Are you all listening very closely? As Jesus was on his way, a lady named Martha came out to say, "Would you like to come for some lunch?" I can make us something to munch. So Jesus came out and started to share about how much for you he really does care. Mary sat at Jesus's knees, but Martha said, "Come help me, please." Then Jesus said, "Don't you worry. You don't need to stress about curry. <laughs> Mary knows what she should do." Now you should go and do it too. Uh, that was really good, Ashley, and uh, she's doing a fantastic job. Hey, and by the way, kids, love what you're doing there. Speaking of kids, I forgot to mention earlier, new playground opened today. Who's excited about that? Okay, yeah, the adults are not supposed to be excited, but that's okay. The kids, it's exciting. Now, um, this morning, I'm really, I'm, this is so good. I love this. Claire is going to be our speaker this morning. Would you encourage her right now? This is the beauty of these sermon series is uh, we can uh, spread them out over different speakers. You don't have to put up with me week after week. And Claire is here because she is a ministerial student. What that means is she feels the calling, kind of like what Mark preached on last week, to, to follow Jesus into ministry somewhere probably into pastoral ministry, wherever God takes you, right, Claire? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, this is, um, you know, I, I really believe God's going to use her this morning and going to anoint her words. There is a, a message in here for all of us, but we're going to pray for her first. God, I want to thank you uh, that you, you call us, you call people to follow you. I thank you for Claire, who's doing that faithfully. But this morning, God, we believe um, that she is here for a purpose and that you are going to uh, bring a message to each and every one of us. So I pray for your anointing. We pray, Holy Spirit, that we will hear the words from your scripture today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And just talking about that uh, playground, I may or may not have found out that our pastor has given the slide a go, so <laughs> it must be good. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, and as Nathan has said, um, we're doing a series on Sunday School Reboot, and we're looking at classic Sunday School stories and delving deeper into them. Um, fun fact, I've been here for about 20 years, so I myself have been to KidZone here. We used to have demountables at the top of the hill. Does anybody remember that? Yep, and we, all the kids used to walk up there. So, yeah, lots of good memories there. Um, but, you know, in Sunday school, we interpret a lot of stories so that little people can understand. Um, but as we get older, we can sometimes forget to go back to those stories to kind of delve into what the deeper meaning is. So today, I'm looking at a great story of girl power. It's the story of Mary and Martha, and it's in Luke 10, 38 to 42. And it says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem... They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. 
She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, the story of Mary Martha is actually a treasure trove. There's so many things we can, look, we can learn when we look into the whole story. Did you hear Luke when he said that Martha invited Jesus into her home? Um, there are three stories in the Bible where Martha is mentioned, and they never uh, talk about a, a husband or a father, uh, which has led some researchers to believe that when Luke says that Martha invited Jesus into her home, that Martha is actually the homeowner. Um, which might not sound like a big deal nowadays, but back then it was a huge deal. Women didn't own anything, let alone property. So Martha was a well-established woman. And, you know, back then women weren't given the same opportunities. You might remember um, in Mark's message, he talked about young boys being sent away to to train and learn how to be a rabbi. Um, And girls primarily stayed at home and learned how to run a home, which I don't want you to hear is a lesser thing, but that was the only opportunity that was given to women. But Jesus really went against that culture. He wanted Mary and Martha to sit and be taught by him. Luke says that. Jesus was doing something pretty radical for those times because Jesus was and is a supporter of women and women in ministry. It's a fantastic story with a lot of great content. But this morning I want to talk particularly about prioritizing, especially as a Christian. Now, I know your first thoughts are probably, yes, Claire, I know I need to prioritize God over Netflix and my phone and Instagram and Facebook and all these things that we do. And I know that you know that. But did you know that God wants you to prioritize him over your church? Did you know that God wants you to prioritize him over your ministries? I'm amazed at how many people I see go through burnout, including in my generation. Our culture glorifies busyness, even in the church. When someone is involved in worship, kids, Youth, young adults, they find time to help clean the toilet and also find time to help bake for the bake sale. And we all go, wow, you're so amazing. How do you do it? But you know, just because you're doing it for God, just because you're making Jesus dinner, just because your heart is in the right place, doesn't mean that's where God wants you. Mary knew that being with God was more important than doing something for God. She knew that God was a priority in her life and she gave God the time that her priority needed. Let's pray before we get into it. Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we thank you for today and we thank you that we are able to meet together. Lord God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would be present and felt this morning, that you would open our hearts to the word that you're bringing, Lord that these wouldn't be my words, but that they would be yours, Lord Jesus. So please be with us this morning. In your precious name, amen. So where did Martha go wrong? And I think this is the answer, and it's my first point. Martha 
was more focused on doing instead of being. You know, my whole life, I've been a pretty organised person, or I like to think I am, but I do like things neat and tidy, and it's priority for me. You know, when I was a small child, I liked to help clean the house. If I saw something on the floor, I just threw it in the bin. Didn't matter what it was, just chucked it in the bin. I even threw up my dad's wallet once, just chucked it in the bin because I was trying to clean up. You know, I wanted to have a tidy house. My little heart was in the right place. But I wasn't really helping anyone. You know, Martha was trying to do the right thing. Bless her heart. We unfortunately can't ask her to do the spiritual gifts test, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was hospitality. Martha was trying to serve God. Her heart was in the right place. So that should be fine, right? But sadly, Martha was so focused on her ministry and doing things for Jesus that she missed the opportunity to be with Jesus. And sadly, I see that a lot in the church. Not specifically our church, but just the church. I see people who are trying to do it all. They're trying to do everything for the Lord. Now, I'm not saying this about our pastor, but let me tell you, pastors are a perfect candidate for burnout. Because... Despite what you might think, it's not actually their job to do everything in the church. Hashtag truth bomb. (laughs) But pastors, they love their church. I know our pastor loves our church. And so they end up picking up someone else's slack and they they end up doing a lot of other jobs that they're not meant to do. But it's not just pastors. It can be anyone. It can be anyone anywhere. We continue to load ourselves and load ourselves with things because we think it's the right thing to do. And sometimes it's because we actually have the capacity to do it. But just because our heart is in the right place, and just because we have the capacity to do it, doesn't mean it's actually glorifying God. We all have a role to play here in this church, within our family, within our community, and it's not doing nothing, and it's not doing everything. Luke twelve thirty four says, For wherever your heart Oh, sorry. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart be also. Is your heart with God? Or is it with your ministry? Or is it with your six ministries? The intention to glorify God doesn't actually glorify God. Glorifying God is being in relationship with him and obeying him. Which leads me to my second point. Prioritizing needs to be a priority. <laughs> you know, priority, prioritizing is something that we do every day. Uh, it's something that we need to function. We prioritize sleep so that we can be ready for a day at work, and we prioritize work so that we can get paid, and we prioritize putting petrol in the car so we don't run out of petrol on the side of the road. You know, if, I, if you don't know, I've just gotten a new job, and, and in the interview they say, how do you prioritize things? Because it's an important thing. You know, if we can't prioritise things, things get messy and disorganised and you can't have that in your workplace, you can't have that in your everyday life and you can't have that in your relationship with God. Andy Stanley said, we don't drift in good directions, we discipline and prioritise ourselves there. I want you to think right now, 
about what your top five priorities are. I'm going to give you a couple of seconds. I imagine most of you might say one would be God, but they could be sport or career, family. You know, there's no judgment here. If you know my family, we're Hungarian. You know what one of our top priorities is? Food. That's right. You will never leave one of our family events hungry. You know, they say, are you Hungarian because you're always hungry? No, I'm Hungarian because I'm never hungry. I'm always full. (laughs) Food is Hungarian's priority. So there's no judgment here. Have a think. Now I want you to think about how much time you spend on each of these priorities. And ask yourself, does the time I spend on God reflect that he is a priority in my life? This is the time that you spend one-on-one with God. Being in relationship with God, does it reflect that he is a priority in your life? You know, I don't think it does for a lot of us. I know it doesn't for myself. In this story, it says Martha was distracted. And she wasn't distracted by a bad thing. She was trying to be servant-hearted. She wanted to give, but it caused her to be distracted from the important thing. Jesus. Jesus should always be our first priority. You know, I'm sure in those times it would have been a very normal thing for Mary to be in the kitchen helping prepare things, but she didn't allow that to distract her from the thing that was a top priority. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Just like Mary, we need to be putting those distractions as good-hearted as they may be intended and focus on Christ. Because without him, everything means nothing. It really does. Without Christ being number one in your life, everything, even if you're doing it for Christ, if you're feeding the sick and healing the poor, no, I've not said that right, Yep. Being the poor, you know what I'm saying. There is one thing worth being concerned about, and that's Jesus. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to, the, to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. The intention to glorify God doesn't glorify God. Glorifying God is being in relationship with him and obeying him. That leads me to my third point. Jesus wants our hearts before our hands. You know, I think we can't be too hard on Martha because I think a lot of us are like her. We prioritise other things We allow things to distract us. But you know, Martha did do something right. She came to Jesus. You know, it's so interesting to see the relationship that she has with Jesus. It's it's so completely honest. I think God would like to see some of us a bit more honest with him. But Martha recognises that something's wrong. She doesn't realise that it's her. But she does realise that something is wrong. Instead of just holding on to it and letting it simmer, 
She says, hey, something's wrong. And then Jesus is able to direct her. God has purpose for us. And he wants to be in fellowship with us and discuss things. Instead of just saying yes to everything, consult God. In Joshua 9, Joshua and the Israelites were deceived and they ended up signing a peace treaty with the Gibeon people that they ended up not wanting to be in a peace treaty with. And you know why? Well, it tells us in Joshua 9.14, but they did not consult the Lord. And they ended up in quite a bit of a pickle. Ask God, is this where you want me? Is this where you can best use me? It doesn't matter if you have the capacity to do something. Don't do it until you talk with God. We need to be doing what God wants us to be doing, not what we think we should be doing. As I said, Mary had the capacity to help in the kitchen, but that's not what God wanted for her. He wanted them both to be in relationship with him. You know, I've done my spiritual gifts test and my top gift is exhortation, which if you don't know, it means I have the desire to serve God by motivating others to action, by urging them to pursue a course of conduct. If you've heard any of my other messages, you know I always come back to being in relationship with God. Now, I don't want that gift to ever be a bigger priority over God, but you better believe that I want to use it. And I want to do that today. I want to encourage you in your relationship with God. Do you know how many things could find peace if we just sought him out first? God wants to be with us. God wants to fellowship with us. I want you to think about that priorities list again. Is there something you need to change? Is there a ministry you need to step back from? Is there a ministry that you're not producing good fruit from? Is there a ministry that's burning you out? Don't be like Martha. Church, we want to be a healthy church. But we can't be if our people aren't firmly planted in Jesus Christ. How can we expect to give Jesus to the world if we aren't filled with him first? If you think that I can get up here and present this message in my own strength and I need to tell you you're wrong. Does anyone actually even like public speaking? It is only by the call and the power of the Holy Spirit that I'm up here this morning. Seek daily and discover what Mary found, for it will never be taken from you. Matthew 22:37-38 said, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Read your Bible. Get up early and be in the presence of the Lord. Perhaps you need to step back from a ministry. Perhaps you need to step into a ministry. If you get into a tricky situation, don't let God be your last resort. Go to him and say, hey, something's wrong. Glorifying God is being in relationship with him 
and obeying him. Joyce Meyer said, The key to having God's abundant life is keeping him in his rightful place in our priorities. We all have a place in this church. This isn't me saying that we should all just up and quit our ministries. Please don't do that. (laughs) I'm saying that he needs to be the top priority. Our ministries can't be. Our church can't be. Our families can't be. Christ has to come first. I do believe that God wants everyone here to serve in some capacity. But we need to ensure that we are coming to him, that we're fellowshipping with him and finding out what he wants us to be doing. The intention to glorify God doesn't actually glorify God. Glorifying God is being in relationship with him and obeying him. I was reading a devotional as I was doing this message on Mary and Martha and, and I thought um, a part of it summed it up really well. It said, The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of works, but of focusing yourself on Jesus. Being devoted to Jesus. To listen, to fill yourself with his words and bearing fruit. Let this be the most important lesson of this tale. Sit and listen. Act in peace. Fill yourself with his words. Give him space to speak to you and to do his work in you. If this is the most important thing to Jesus, then it should be so for us too. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are seeking us out, Lord God, that you want to be in relationship with us. And Father, I just pray that in our busy everyday lives that we will not allow those to distract us from what our top priority is, and that's you. Lord God, would we put away those distractions and and discipline ourselves to prioritize you, Lord God, that you would light a fire in each of our hearts, Lord God, that hungers for you and thirsts for you, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for your incredible love. In your precious name, amen. Amen.